Dre's perception of what it means to be a black man in 2016 gets checked. And Bo wants to spend more time with the kids before the new baby comes and she gets advice from the worst place, Pops. Hey guys, stick around because we are in episode four of the Blackish After Show. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, you're I not going to dab? I think we're on two different vibes here. No, you, you have to dab. It's called flexing, so you got to flex. You got to look It's strange, flexing. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I guess we all, we all flex differently. Yeah? Uh, uh. <laughs> Wait, no, flex means like you you showing your swag. Uh, oh, like not oh. actually flexing. Oh, oh it's not so this? So show us your swag. Oh, my swag. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's my swag. Man. Hey, guys, what's up? What's up? What's up? We are in season four now. I'm sorry, season three, episode four of Blackish. My name is Stacey Newsom, and guys, welcome. You can join me on Twitter and on Instagram at the Stacey Newsom. That's S T A C E Y Newsom. And I am joined by my co-host over here. I like to call him the Renaissance Man. Who are you? <laughs> You're gonna have to explain to me what that means one day off camera, though. Okay. Uh, I'm D'Angelo. Follow me at D'Angelo TV on Twitter. Twitter. Follow me at D'Angelo on Instagram. My mom's a creative one, and I have to spell it every time. It's D-E-A-N-J-I-L-O. Check the spelling on that. Make sure you spell it right. Let's get it with the show, though. Awesome. Hey, guys, and while you're watching... Oh, I'm still dabbing. Okay, <laughs> music's gone. While you're watching and interacting with us tonight, uh, make sure you hashtag us at ABTV Blackish. And don't forget to like us and subscribe on any of the platforms available to follow us. You can download us on iTunes. You can watch us on YouTube and Facebook. And just go to our website if you don't want to do that at AfterBuzzTV.com. Awesome. So, tonight, tonight's episode didn't get uh, dark like I thought it was going to get. I was like, ooh. That title was that. Yeah, it was the, getting us attention. What, uh, what is the title? Who's Afraid of the Big Black Man? Yes. I'm like, oh, this is going to get I, dark I, I, tonight. When you came in, I was like, oh, I'm excited. I, I want to see what they're going to do yeah, with this episode. But they kept it light as Blackish, Blackish tends to do. Yeah. You got to keep the serious issues levitated with comedy, which mm-hmm. I really like about this show yeah. a lot. Um, but what I took away from this show tonight is that Dre... Feels like he's losing his identity as a black man in our uh, pseudo post racial 2016. Post racial, that's yeah, controversial. In it itself. is controversial. What What did you think about him? Uh, just kind of like maybe his uh, his uh, opinions being a little dated, perhaps. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting. It's definitely I feel like a battle as an African American man that you have to have, especially when you're. And I'm in similar. And I'm, my work environment is like predominantly not uh, predominantly white, so it's just kind of like it, you you gotta read off of people in it in different ways. And um, so I think it w- it was interesting. They touched on a lot of the different angles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. contradictions. Um, it was some really good scenes that I, I, w- I can't wait to get into. Yes. So let's get started. Um, we're introduced to this whole dilemma by Dre in his workplace when. Uh, the elevator doors open. There's a little white girl there, and instead of him stepping onto the elevator to figure out why is this three-year-old white child by herself, 
he takes a step back and lets the elevator doors <laughs> close. And then, of course, he's derided by his white co-workers for being heartless. And then it turns out Charlie does the exact same thing, and so does their assistant. <laughs> well, that's interesting because, uh, I mean, I would I would draw a line at, like, their generation, like, and I would, uh, maybe 30s, 40s, and then, like, our generation, I guess I'm considered, not I guess, I'm considered a millennial. Mm-hmm. I definitely, in that situation, would have tried to, like, there wouldn't have been a second guess in my brain. Like, I would have tried to help. I would have tried to do something. Uh, and like save the the little white baby because right. <laughs> she's by herself. Right. But I do think that that's a reality. Like maybe my father, like in that situation, he's like fifty, and he probably maybe would have had to have thought about okay, how would I go about doing this if I did it? Like, right. Type situation. There's because a- as Dre mentioned, in his mind, black people don't have the luxury, or black men don't have the luxury of being helpful. And so, like, that's how Dre lives his life. Right. He does not have the luxury of, like, letting his guard down. He's always guarded. Right, right. And there's, tr- there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, the whole the whole episode kind of touched on, all right, well, you know, I mean, the ending showed us that, okay, it's not like a post-racial society mm-hmm. based on the, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but, like, but also that it, his, his, his perspective was a little dated. The elevator scene was, like, a really good scene. When the, uh, the white lady came on and it was, like, three black guys on the right. elevator. Um, and she was <laughs> saying her credit. I mean, obviously, their humor is really extreme. So she's saying her credit card. Yeah. And like her money's out. Money's it's like hanging street, out of her purse. street smarts one-on-one. You can't, like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that was really interesting. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. So... I feel like, at least for myself, um, I grew up in Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. And I grew up in the 80s. And at that point in the 80s, Alabama was more progressive than it gets credit for. So I feel like I grew up um, kind of definitely not thinking the way my grandparents thought they raised me. I think I grew up maybe in a bit of a bubble, you know, feeling like, you know, oh, I'm not going to get targeted just because I'm like, I just lived life mm. when I was growing up, you mm. know, and that's mm. kind of how I've lived my life no matter where I've been. Just like, oh, you know, the, the cops will, you know, it, it wouldn't have crossed my mind until recent that, oh, I could get shot <laughs> <laughs> by the cops because I'm black, you know, just and it's just our current climate has made me rethink, you know. I guess how I live life and in a way I feel like it's imposed a sense of like uh, guardedness on me that I didn't used to have you know and it's made me I won't say um, definitely not prejudiced but definitely I guess a little more defensive like yeah. oh cause I'm black you know right. like that never used never to like what's in the back of yeah. their head why they... like that never used to cross my yeah. my mind or like escape from my lips oh that's happening cause I'm black cause I'm black <laughs> and now it's like it's always in my mind now because of our current climate so I find it interesting, interesting that you know in certain aspects we've gone backwards that's very interesting I'm, I would say I'm like the complete opposite mm-hmm. I, I grew up in like the city from D.C. and uh, predominantly African American like mm-hmm. high school and like D.C. was or is predominantly african-american so it's just like some interactions i didn't have to have those interactions until i went to school and went to pepperdine and i came out here Mm -hmm. in la and and i had to learn so i I think i came in really guarded and became less guarded like maybe a little bit closer to um uh, dre's perspective and just like always assuming the worst and then learning okay maybe not everything but there's still a reality to it so 
um, finding that balance, I thought was really interesting. That's so funny because yeah. I've definitely been called a Pollyanna before. Like, oh, you're so Pollyanna. You live in a bubble. And I'm like, you mean I'm not racist? Ah, you know? Yeah, it's all, it's all relative for sure. All right. So, oh, I find it interesting that Dre and his family live in Sherman Oaks. I live in Sherman Oaks and I have never seen Dre driving around my neighborhood. So many L.A. references, right? And, but I, that's the way I view Sherman Oaks too, well, depending on what part of Sherman Oaks you're talking about. Well, I live in an apartment complex. But <laughs> yeah. I, live, I live very near Ventura Boulevard, like where those nice houses are, but yeah. I, I don't live in one of those nice houses. I live in a <laughs> crummy apartment complex. Hey, yeah, what you gotta do. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna pose this question to you. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like from this episode that Dre is racist or he's just fearful? Both. Yeah. I don't I don't wanna pick. <laughs> um uh well, I don't wanna say racist. Racist I've had this conversation a lot, but And like, the reason I ask that is uh-huh. because he goes out of his way not to interact with people who are not of color. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> well, I think uh, I draw a line between the definition of racism and prejudice. Mm-hmm. I know African Americans are like that's definitely a thing, but like the the definition of racism, I'd look at as like hatred. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Prejudice is bias. Mm-hmm. He's definitely biased, um, and he has like some some of his motivations do seem like to come out of hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe the waving thing is was one, but like a lot of the other stuff is guarded because it's like I'm trying to make sure that I am not targeted. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. Uh, uh, fearful, like the police officer saying he went through all the scenarios of how I, he could communicate these different things. Yeah. His best solution was, let me run, let, let run. me get up out of here. <laughs> and you know what? I can I can really relate to that. It's yeah. like, man, I just I don't want to be here mm-hmm. right in this moment. Um, but you and I both were like, don't get out of the car. <laughs> well, you know, in real got- life, he would have got shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I don't know no police officer that would have just like watched him run away and right. he got away. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's TV for you. But um, yeah, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, how about you? What, what about yourself? Ooh, so I feel like he's a touch of both. I definitely, yeah. you know, the fearful is definitely there. But yeah. I didn't realize that maybe he was a touch racist yeah. until it was, you know, it revealed in this episode that he doesn't. He goes out of his way not to interact with white yeah. people except for the ones he has to. And that's in his workplace. <laughs> yeah. And we know how whack they are. Right. <laughs> and maybe one influences the other. Maybe he, he is racist because of his fear. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, the thing I find funny is that the people he does interact with, um, the white people he does interact with, are like very well-meaning white people. They, you know, like in his office, like they're well-meaning. They the try boss to be is well-meaning. Tr- he tries to be down. He just, he just <laughs> tells it like it is. I don't think he tries he says, to be one way or the other. Yeah. I think he just says what's on his mind. He is. He, I feel like he's the white executive perspective, and in, in like without a filter in the, in the yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I consider that well-meaning, but. <laughs> I get you. I, the the he, other guy is maybe is well-meaning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, some of the stuff he says is just off the wall. He, Him and um, Charlie, are, Charlie yeah. are just complete polar opposites. So it's really fascinating to always see them in the same room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we uh, come to a resolution right. in 20 minutes or less, of course, <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Dre trying to... Trying to reach out to the other side, trying mm-hmm. to like adjust maybe his mindset. So he, instead of like, uh, instead of being what he thinks people expect him to be, you know, like wearing the new sneaks every day, mm-hmm. you know, he he decides he's going to wear the same pair of shoes maybe twice in a row, three times baby in a row. Baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Step, you know? Baby steps. He goes to an HOA meeting, which Junior already attends on the regular. <laughs> I thought I found that very funny. Yeah, that was good. That was good <laughs> and um, so he, he's getting to know his neighbors, and that's how he ends up in the car with uh, Johan and Junior. 
and their white neighbor who's passed out. And that's how they <laughs> get into that running from the cops thing. Right. Um, so what did you think about the whole, like, you know, him interacting with his neighbors on a level that he'd never interacted before? Well, I would say once you do get past the point of like, okay, not every white person is racist, which in, if I broke it down to a very basic level, mm -hmm. saying something like that, and like once you break that, like that thought, you realize that people are layered and people, everyone has a prejudice, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And the the statement about uh, per the Persian, mm -hmm. I thought was like a good example of that. And I don't, I mean, it's very blurred. You can say that maybe she was well-intended in a way she wasn't. Or maybe she just thought it was tacky. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but she said her line was, uh, it was too Persian. Yeah. And th she she looked at him to see if it was okay, okay for to him say to that. say that. Which mm -hmm. I thought was very, like, especially if you are the only African-American in the room, you're, you're the token. You're speaking for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, there's a pressure there for him to, like, fall in line with it. You know what I mean? Or, right. And maybe he said that the, uh, the aesthetics is a little bit... Like off, you know what yeah, I mean. So he, yeah. he agreed, um, but it was just interesting uh, dynamic. Um, it's just so many layers to that. There's no like, there's no line. You can't say, oh, all white people aren't racist. All, all white people are racist. It's every individual, of course, take. of course. And it's like we all, like you said, we all have our our, our biases yeah. that comes out in ways that we're probably not even aware of on a mm -hmm. daily basis. You know. Mm -hmm. All right, so the two storylines intersect between what's going on with Dre and what's going on with Rainbow. Mm -hmm. uh, he comes home after running from the cops, and she is uh, trying to win the love or the affection of her children based on the advice she's getting from Pops. And I, <laughs> I'm telling you, I disagree. I don't think, I think he was the perfect person to go through. In you did? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, basically tells Bo... He gives her some pimp advice, basically, some <laughs> pimp moves. And he says the way for her to win the affection of her children, because she's not cool. Bo's not cool. Mm -hmm. She's like, she's she's nerdy. You know, <laughs> she's kind of geeky. Yeah. I de definitely identify with her, okay? <laughs> you know, like if I you were a named actor, I would probably have been cast in that role. Because I totally identify with her. She's not cool. And so Pops is like, you got to put some pimp moves on them. You got to make them wait make them jealous and we saw how that worked out in this scenario it worked it did hey i mean look all right when it comes to uh, <clears throat> talking to some females not all females are like this that there's, <laughs> there's definitely a, a need to do that you know what i mean so i okay okay what's your game you gotta tell me what is your game what, i don't have a game uh -huh. I'm, I'm genuinely you are renaissance man you <laughs> have a game what is your game no i, I do not i am i am myself i that's my game that Either it your... works or it doesn't. <laughs> you know, a lot of times it don't. Well, then what Sometimes is yourself? Tell me what is yourself. You know, I'm a nice guy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have a Twitter at D'Angelo TV. Follow me <laughs> if you want any more information. You want to see what I'm about. Right. No, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer that question because it just it depends on how you vibe with a person in mm -hmm. general, you know. But I, that's not that's to say that, like, I mean, a lot of guys do are premature, like premeditated in how they go about doing mm -hmm. things. And uh, like Pops, obviously, is the extreme, right? He uh, he he has a method to his madness, and he takes pride in the fact that he's like broken girls, females' hearts, right. stuff like that. Right. I can't say I'm on that side of the things, but like just the aspect of uh, you know patience being a virtue and being very beneficial, I could definitely agree with that, and it worked in this situation where the kids. Well, let me tell you, being on the other side of the gender line, this also works with men, okay? Yeah. Because uh, traditionally, myself, I've always been the one to make the first move. You know, mm. ask a guy for a phone number. You know, ask mm. a guy out, and my friend who is like, she's the master of getting guys <laughs> to like pine for her. Mm -hmm. She's like, no, you can't do that. She basically gave me this advice. You gotta make them wait. They tweet you, don't tweet them right back. You know, if they text <laughs> you, don't text them right back. She's like, sometimes I never text them back. 
back. I just make them wait. You gotta play the game. The game <laughs> it sucks. I hate the game, right? Game and I'm does only suck. 23, but like <laughs> it's 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 a thing without a doubt. And uh, because like there are, there are females who are gonna do that, and mm-hmm. then that makes guys feel like, oh, now I have to do this, so I don't want to be sweating her. Like mm-hmm. it's just kind of like this weird balance. It it's, is, it's interesting. It's yeah. like you don't know like where where does the line go from being like unavailable to like okay I'm not even gonna bother with you. Very fine line. Yeah, line. it is such a thin line. Pop's got it though. He does. <laughs> He's got it so much that he was even serious about making them jealous by See, finding a new family. He went, he went past the line <laughs> of you know what I mean. There's the fine line and he's on the left of it. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, but it's funny. That was a very funny like. Uh, Correlation. I liked how they did that. Yes. So, what is your ultimate takeaway from this episode? Uh, so again, I like, and then this is part of our predictions. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, you know, kind of lightly touch on these well, ideas. Let's get to that. Let's get to our predictions. <laughs> these are let's our get predictions. to our predictions. Let's get to predictions. <laughs> Yay! There we go. <laughs> Somebody was sleeping back there. <laughs> fans, we can't give our predictions without the drop. That's so right. We, we will wait. The drop is that important. We will wait it until it comes, and then we'll give our predictions. So go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, but, okay, so what was my point? Oh, so <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that they keep taking on these topics, but they do it in a blackish way, so it's very lighthearted, mm-hmm. which is just a really interesting balance. Uh, so I I like the way they're doing it. You know, I mean, I, I'm on this other show, uh, FX Atlanta, which you can tune, tune in on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. uh, and they are ha- hitting heavy topics, but, man, it takes 30 to 45 minutes to break that stuff down. Right. And it's a comedy show, but it's just thicker. Yeah. Now, blackish, I feel like they really know who they are. They're, mm-hmm. like, much more lighter toned in, in, in their And in their it direction. is a sitcom. It yeah. is a sitcom. It's it a feels like a sitcom, sitcom too, yeah. yeah. Uh, without the laugh track, too, yeah. which I like. Um, but uh, predictions... You know, (laughs) it's always hard. Uh, uh, But I think my takeaway from the episode is that black men, uh, black people in general, African-Americans, there is there is a like I wouldn't say a post racism society, but we the perspective does need to develop. Mm -hmm. I think Bo's speech at the end about like if you don't act like something's different, then there won't be anything different Mm -hmm. there. That 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 probably would be the the memo for that episode. Right. Um and I really like that. I really like that. Awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm still thinking about my prediction, so if you got one, you gotta go. I do. I predict that um and if it if it doesn't happen, I'd like to see it happen. I would like for this show to deal with if I can if I can coin the term black white supremacists. Mm. Like black black people who don't like other black people, like black people who are racist, oh, like prejudiced against other black people. I like that because they're out there. Writers, if you're listening, put that out there. <laughs> oh, I was on the the Twitter page. I don't know how much time we have, but the, I, I was on the Twitter page, and actually, so the the first scene where the little white girl was on the elevator, mm-hmm. the writers tweeted out that it was influenced by one of someone on on the on the on the team on the cast they were in that situation oh, is that directly right? now they did it they yeah. helped you know, but they said it was african american man and it was a little white girl in the elevator and that's what influenced them wanting to do that which i thought was fascinating interesting yeah. so maybe there was a big dialogue after that yeah so yeah. i wonder if there was dialogue in his head it's yeah. like mm, should I? Mm, of course yeah. i help but you know <laughs> yeah. how do i do this uh so that was great awesome yeah. well we have wrapped up episode four that's it and we will see you guys next week guys uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at the stacy newsome s-t-a-c-e-y newsome and you can follow me on Twitter at TheAngelo TV if you want 
you know, my tips on how to how to get at the ladies successfully or unsuccessfully. You know, <laughs> I can give y'all some insight. Tweet me. It's probably not gonna be all that helpful to be honest. Uh, but follow me also at D'Angelo on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. And you guys can check back in with me on Sunday nights because I host the after show for The Strain with two other panelists. So, guys, take it easy. We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 